here's a story from the world. We've been following the stories of young Latino first-time voters in our series Every 30 Seconds. But this year, there's also another pathway to political power for Latinos who are not eligible to vote, the 2020 census. Reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler from KPBS in San Diego has our story. On her first day of college classes, Marlene Herrera and I catch up over Zoom. The 18-year-old first-time voter has been on the move during the pandemic. First, her mother, her three aunts, and cousins all moved into one house to save money. Give me one second, recount. <laughs> Two, three, four, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen people in total counted for that household. Now, she splits her time between that house, her father's house, and another house with an aunt. There, she's helping take care of three younger cousins while taking college classes on Zoom. With all the moving around of the past few months, Marlene had to ask her mom if she'd even been counted on this year's census. Yeah, she did. Uh, So we filled it under my main aunt, (laughs) um, the one who owns the house. Marlene's housing situation is typical, as finances fluctuate during the pandemic. And that's why census organizers are worried about a possible census undercount in Latino communities and the impacts it will have for years to come. That's just one worry. Another is they're running out of time. After initially extending the count until the end of October, the Trump administration suddenly shortened it to the end of this month. The census determines how much money and how much political representation these communities will have for a decade. Organizers like Paola Araceli Ilescas say a Latino getting counted in 2020 can bring about even more change than casting a single vote. For instance, this year's CARES Act, the pandemic relief funding bill, was allocated based in part on the 2010 census. I know we talk about time. We tell them, you count yourself this year, you're making sure you count for the next 10 years. You don't count yourself this year, you basically are not receiving or don't exist for these next 10 years. And guess what? We're going to lose $2,000 each year for each person that doesn't count for the next 10 years. Ileskas works for the Vista Community Clinic, a nonprofit healthcare center in North San Diego County. She organizes agricultural workers from Mexico and Central America who work the avocado fields. Many of these workers can't vote. Their children, many of whom are U.S. citizens, are still too young to vote. So to participate politically, Ileskas wants them to get counted. That's not always easy, says Ileskas, especially when it comes to undocumented and mixed-status families. Many of them still have said that other people have expressed uh, distrust. Are they really the employees or are they faking to be the employees in order to to get them? Because for years we've been saying, don't open the door to uh, ICE officials. This is your right, right? And, you know, now we're saying, open the door. (laughs) That transition takes trust between census organizers and the community. But other issues like wildfires and pandemic relief are taking priority. On a recent sweltering day in San Marcos, an inland city in Southern California, wildfires threaten rural communities across the state. Arcela Nunez-Alvarez, a community organizer, planned on leading a group of volunteers to pass out census literature outside of a low-income housing development. But the volunteers were redirected. A wildfire had just broken out in a farm worker community. We work with a lot of adults. Many have very limited formal education. They've had to work their entire lives, but care about their community. Nunez Alvarez grew up here. She understands the importance of messaging coming from members of the community. These leaders then live in apartment complexes like the ones here around us. So they're 
members of the community, they speak the language of the community, they look like the community that we're trying to reach. She says that while many community members can't vote, that doesn't mean they don't have a role to play in getting resources to their community. These are communities that have been politically disengaged or disenfranchised and undercounted, you know, in the census. In City Heights, a dense immigrant neighborhood of San Diego, organizers have been strategizing how to avoid another undercount for years. They need funding for better buses, trolleys, and cleaner air. But 24-year-old community organizer Rosa Alasquaga knows ultimately that the census and this year's election have to take a backseat to people's immediate needs and safety during the pandemic. This means less door-to-door and FaceTime with community members, especially as relief funds run short and desperation grows. I'm not going to be mad if you don't go out and vote because I understand the government already made you feel that it doesn't matter. These systems don't work. And that's why, for me, it hurts that we can't have those face-to-face interactions. Time is running out for Latino communities, undocumented, immigrants, and citizens, who have just a few more weeks to make themselves count, and a decade to live through the results. For The World, I'm Max Ruffin-Nadler in San Diego.